Hello partners, friends, friends of God around the world. Such an honor to be back with you. I want to encourage you to like this broadcast, share it on your timeline, and spread the word about what God is doing because I am honored because my dear friend, Pastor Ken Hune, New Wine Harvest Church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you don't have a home community where you're connecting with right now and you're in the Pittsburgh area, I want to encourage you to come and give a, a, a visit to New Wine Harvest Church. See what God is doing. Maybe God will connect you here. Uh, but Pastor Ken, uh, I think back, how many years have we been friends now? Wow, probably 10. 10 years? Yeah. 10 if years. not a little longer. Wow. Yeah. I want to tell the story of how I met Pastor Ken because um, one of the things I say over my life almost every day is this, God order my steps. And I remember I was at a, a network meeting, the network we're both a part of, Apostolic Network of Global Awakening. And I think that was the first year that they had uh, the voice of the apostles in uh, Orlando. Mm -hmm. And we're in the leaders meeting and I'm picturing the room right now because it was like this huge ballroom, but there may be like a hundred of us there. Right. So we're in this huge ballroom. And I remember, I think I might've said hello to you on the way in or before the meeting started. And God would not let you, would not uh, allow me to get you off my mind. And I'm listening to the, te the teaching that morning, which I honestly don't remember what was being said, worship, and God goes, I remember when it started. It started in worship, just worshiping the Lord, wonderful worship. And the Lord says to me, you need to give a word to that guy behind you. And I think to myself, okay, God, I'll do this, but this is not my meeting. This is, you know, I've not met this guy. I don't want him to take this the wrong way. And I don't, I, it was so clear to me, because, and, and it's one of those, maybe this is, Maybe it's just rolling around in me. And then God just made it really clear. And he just, I don't even remember what he told me to minister to you and just kind of connected us in the spirit with each other over uh, 10 years ago. If you don't mind, I can give you that other side. <laughs> yeah. Because I was there in a very rough situation, feeling very sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. And worship was coming on and I was just sort of crying. So when you said, hey, I have something to say to you, I thought... Uh, he saw me crying and he wants to say it will all be good, right? And uh, instead, you gave me a word of promise. And you said something in particular that wasn't uh, what I wanted to hear because you said not one, but two. And I knew what you were saying. <laughs> God has spoken to me to write a book. Mm. I have disobeyed him because I hate to write. So when you said that, I said, what are you referring to? And you said it. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't even start my first one yet. And he wants me to do two. But it was that break brought the connection as to I know you were hearing God for me. Hmm. And then you spoke words of comfort. Hmm. And it touched me. And the significance was that that's all you cared to do. You weren't. As you said to me one time, I'll tell you this honestly, we were small, we were, I was beat up, the church almost failed. So I said to you, I'm, never to, I'm not going to be able to bring you in to speak, thinking that speakers want to be friends with pastors so that you know, they can get... And you looked at me and you said, I'm not friends with you for a gig. 
God just told me and I enjoyed talking to you. Mm. I never forgot that. Mm. That meant everything. Mm. I guess um, something that just popped out just even of us sharing that story is there's a, there's a theme that I can't get away from because I believe it's a biblical theme. And uh, people have listened to me teach, maybe have heard it before. Acts chapter 13, verse 36, it says, when David had served the purposes of yeah. God for his generation, yeah. then he died yeah. and went to sleep. And I, we, we know God has wonderful things for us. We know all that. But I like to live it like in those, I call them the, the everyday moments. Today when I got up, today when, we, when you picked me up from the airport, is even something as small as we were just at your apartment and I felt like this compassion for that lady. And to be honest, I have been less intentional about ministering to people where I go. But mm-hmm. What is going to to me? You never know what's going on with somebody. Right. Just to be an encouragement to them, and every day living this reality of trying to be faithful to not only what the the overall assignment, but to be faithful to minister to the people that were around, to the people we come yes. in contact. Airport two flights today for me, but it's to be aware of people that are around me, and. And and even that, we've developed a wonderful friendship over the years. I love and I care about you. I think of you, honestly, like a family member. And the point of that being is, in that moment, I wasn't thinking it would develop into something. But I was just trying to obey God. And and what a blessing it's been. Yes, yes. And then all the phone calls that you gave me. (laughs) Um, Just, hey, how are you doing? Uh, Who does that, right? And, and that just showed me that your level of ministry was personal. It wasn't a gifting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a gig. And it wasn't a dollar bill. It was personal. Yeah. And that's why I advertise you that way. Okay. I advertise you not that you're, you're a great teacher. Mm-hmm. You're, you're tremendous prophetically. But I advertise you as a friend. And I think that's missing so many times that we honor so much the gifts. We honor so much the, the, the show of that and how powerful it is that we forget that Jesus walked with 12 men as a friend. Yeah. I know that you're in your 44th year of ministry and I, I still feel like this theme. How do you, and you, you started the church, New Wine Harvest Church, how many years ago? 31. Just to give some background to people. Mm-hmm. How do you every day get up and what are some values that you've learned to develop that, to be faithful, not only to what God's called you to do, but to be faithful, to, to live this out every day and to serve our generation well? Yeah. Well, it actually begins with a, a, a truth that I never have been anything else. Mm. I have a degree in accounting, and when I went to pursue a greater degree in that area, I went to Liberty, mm-hmm. and which was called Lynchburg at that time, Lynchburg Baptist, but <laughs> that's how far back I go. Anyway, I went there to pursue the degree because it was in their catalog. When the accounting I, degree? Yes, yeah. and when I got there, 
I went around in registration and said, where's the accounting department? And they said, well, we don't have that. I said, yeah, you do. It's right in the manual. And they said, well, we're going to get it eventually, but we don't have it now. Wow. And I went back to my room and I said, what do I do now? Do I quit? Do I just go back home? What, what do I do? And my roommate um, was, on, was, was in the room and he said, why don't you just take some Bible classes for a year and see what happens? I said, mm. all right, I can do that. So during the course of that year, God spoke to me and I, I began my call into ministry and I started focusing. When I did that, I was in my 20s. I don't know anything else. So just, I, I never knew this about you, about you. So you go to Liberty, because it's like you're a believer, yeah. but feel like, hey, I'm gonna be an accountant. You go there for, I never knew this. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, that, that's a vision we have. We don't actually have the accounting department. <laughs> they weren't exactly the most uh, efficient at that time, yeah. right? And so you just, okay, I'll stick around and do Bible. Yep. And you never knew you were called up until that point or anything like that, really. Yeah, and, and how God will speak to you is through people, even people that don't know you in the world. I agree. Because I would be working summer jobs while I was in college, both colleges, and whoever I worked with, they, they'd end up saying to me, have you ever thought about being a pastor? You really have that edge about you. Whoa. I'd be like, uh, I'm going to be a CPA. I'm not going to be a pastor. <laughs> but when I went down there, I loved the Word of God. So I said... I'm going to start taking Bible classes like crazy. So I took 21 credit hours, both semesters, mostly Bible. And they accepted my gen, gen ed classes. And because of that... From I your accounting degree. Yeah. So I kept going after the, the Bible. And yet, to share and speak in front of others was not in me. It's not in my background. It's not in my family. Mm. So... I was working with a youth, little youth group, junior high kids. While you're at Liberty. While I'm at Liberty, it's my Christian service. Mm -hmm. And they asked me one night to speak to the kids. And I got up to speak to them. And one thing you learn, and I still say, if you want to learn how to teach, talk to middle school junior that's right. high kids. I believe because that. Because yeah. they don't fake it. They're, <laughs> yeah, that's They're right. bored. They let you know they're bored. Yeah. And they let me know I was boring. And I had prepared all this, you know, you do a homiletical thing. And I had it all prepared. And they sat there and they're looking the other way. And, I, and I just said, that's it. I'm never going to do this again. Never going to uh -huh. do this again. Uh, my call is just to love the word and yeah, go from yeah. there. And about two months later, I'm in a chapel because I had become very disgruntled with how the youth meetings were going and everything. And I was very disgruntled. And the speaker said this phrase. I never forgot it. Liberty Chapel. Cha cha oh, it's a chapel service. Yeah. Okay. He said, obedience is doing what you're told to do when you're told to do it with the right heart attitude. Mm. And I Say that again. Doing what you're told to do is obedience when you're told to do it, but with the right heart attitude. So I was serving in that ministry, but my attitude was terrible. And that night we had a leaders meeting. I'm just going to pause sure. for a second. I just thinking, how many years ago was that? It was 1974. So 1974, and you still can remember like it was the yesterday. words. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you probably know who this person is. Yes, you remember who they Dr. are, Doctor Ed Heinsohn. Okay, I, I just this is how God works. This this man. 
is serving his generation by being faithful to minister what God's given him that day. Yes. It penetrates your heart. Yes. Little did you know, 44 years of ministry that you'll have. I can remember 25 years ago, chapel, not, not excuse me, not a chapel. I still don't remember the guy. And I, I think God will give me a remembrance at some point. Leans his head into my dorm room and goes, hey, speak, you're speaking to me. There's this young guy. He's an evangelist. He's a really awesome speaker. I think that you would love to hear what he's got to say. He's ministering tonight or whatever. And I think, you know what? I'm going to go to that meeting. And I'm sitting in the back, have no interest, no anything in ministry or call or like, yeah, you're crazy. I'm going to be a lawyer. I know what I'm called to do. But, you know, deep down, if I was admitted, admitted to myself, I was pretty miserable, didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I don't remember his text that night, but I remember he tells this story about guys getting beat with frauds, then they're thrown out mm-hmm. and uh, out of a village. Mm-hmm. They're in a Muslim nation. And I'm thinking to myself, I love God, but I don't love him like that. And 25 years later, I can tell you what that man spoke. Because this is no exaggeration. My whole life changed that day. And how I'm putting this all together is the simplicity. I believe that this is the greatest time to be alive. I believe that God is pouring out His Spirit like no other time. I believe it's a time of unprecedented revelation. And I get excited. I have had, uh, over 11 years ago, I think, 13 years ago, I had a vision of a stadium and God visiting yeah. a city. But, and I think we're going to see certain things like that. But I think it happens at this level. This, You remember this guy's name. Yes. And he said this thing. Yes. And I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but no. it's just like resonating in me. Serving your generation well is simply, to me, is stewardship of what God has put in front of you yes. in that moment. Yes, you know? and, and it proves forward that his word, his word doesn't return. Forward, yes. Right? And yeah. what is seed in my heart. And I actually got to see him last year, Dr. Ed Heinz. No way. Yeah, and he's retiring. But I, I went he's, up to him. He was still at Liberty. Yes, he's still there. And Whoa. I went up to him and I said, you don't know me. Uh. This is 1974. But I said, you preached a sermon. And I do remember the text. It was Saul. It was Saul saying, I obeyed you. And, and it was that message. And he said, oh, I remember that message. And I said, wow. I went forward, got on my knees in chapel, and wept like a baby. That night, I went to a leaders meeting of the youth leaders mm. for their group. And I repented mm. of my sin, of my anger, of all the things that was going through my mind. I mean, I had a Volkswagen that we'd squeeze eight kids in a bug, <laughs> a bug. And they put gum on the floor and I'd be mad about that and uh, you know they're spitting on things and I was so upset and when I repented I began I said do you mind if I pray and I oh, go ahead and I know this hasn't happened since I prayed 45 minutes really yes uh... and when I when I realized I said oh I'm so sorry and they said no keep going now we know that doesn't happen in the natural. Mm. But that night I received the baptism of the Spirit. Wow. I wouldn't have spoken tongues because I didn't believe in them. 
<laughs> That's yeah. the truth. And yeah, I'd have got yeah, kicked yeah. out of school if I had that, yeah, yeah. right? But, but at that time. But I received the baptism. About a month later, they asked me to speak again. And I went before those same kids. And these thoughts came into my heart. And I shared it. And then I said something and it was funny. <laughs> I didn't think I was funny. You know, I was sarcastic in my life, but I was not funny. But the kids would start laughing. And I realized at that moment, that night, at repentance, the baptism came. I got the gift to teach. And that's how I knew that I was called into, into being mm. a pastor of ministry. Can, can you just go back to that moment maybe last year with this professor yeah. and what you said to him? I just went up to him. I said, Dr. Ed, I said... Uh, I was here in the early 70s when we were both much younger. And, uh, <laughs> I said, and, and you preached the message on our chapel service about Saul. And I said, it was doing what you're told to do when you're told to do it with the right heart attitude. Mm. And I said, when you did that, I went forward, I wept, and I repented. And God called me into ministry from that moment on. So I've been, at that time, I said, I've been in ministry over 40 years. And your message in my heart that night is one of the reasons I'm here today. Mm. Uh, the reason uh, I was, I had you go back to that because a few things, probably about a year and a half ago, I, um, it, it's, it was longer than that, but this particular person that I mentioned, this young guy, yeah. he was, at that time, he was probably no more than two or three years older than the college students. I think he had just graduated a year or two before that from college. And I had kind of, uh, with social media, I found them and I started to follow them on social media. And there was a particular morning, I remember I was home, it was a day off, and I'm listening to him teach at this camp. And the Lord speaks to me and he says, you've never honored him. Mm, yeah. And I thought, oh God, like I never, processed it like yeah. that and the Lord told me to do something really specifically for his family and also to become a partner in his ministry from that wow. point forward and maybe about a week and a half later I'm flying home from a trip or something and he sends me an email I didn't even know if he would even touch base with he's, he's a very well known guy he said nobody has ever done this for my family I said really? Wow. and anyway it, it just my point in that is I have learned that it's really, really important to honor those who have sowed into our life. I mean, it, it was significant because that, that man, his obedience that night, do, and he's just doing what God called him to do, but he's affecting me. But he's not only affecting me, he's the answer to my mom's prayers. He's the answer to my parents' prayers. He keeps, in, in my generational line, I believe I took up the line of ministers. Mm -hmm. So he changed the trajectory of my, um, my family's lineage. And that is valuable. That is, you can't put a price tag on it. That's right. And so I just know, and I also believe this, that we're in a season, and I've had this sense, I don't know, at least a year, and it's this, that in the body of Christ, I believe that we are in a season of becoming the answer to a previous generation's prayers. Yes. And I don't remember what particular city I was in, but 
I had this sense that the group of people in that room and that community and the outpouring was like the Lord brought me back. It's like a picture I could see into this prayer meeting of like these older saints are just praying. There's not a lot in the glory of God's come, but they're seeing something. And what they saw was what we were living. Wow. And so I believe yeah. we're living in the answer to other yes. people's prayers. And I believe that there's an honor we have to have, not only for those who have played pivotal roles, but of previous generations and also a study of that. I know for me, it's been Oral Roberts, Oral, like studying his life. I was listening to him again two days ago. Mm-hmm. And there's something that we're connecting the old and the new is coming together to launch us into what God has for yes. us in this season. Yes. Yeah. And even the idea of honoring a father, you know, the Paul wrote and said that you have many teachers but not many fathers. And the Bible saying, honor your father, we think of our earthly father. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there's something missing when we don't honor the fathers in our spiritual life that have touched us. And, yeah. And there's a blessing when we do. Right, right. Yeah, there's... I, I have... Probably, I, I would think one of the most pivotal things I have learned is that those who have poured into me is to um, really honor the role that they've had in yes. that. And then also for me, just to be right, is to sow something yes. of my substance yes. because I know it's part of that that walk. And I, I think we're just in this significant time of, of walking that out. But 44 years in ministry, mm-hmm. knowing God called you, you've been through some challenging things like anyone in ministry. Mm-hmm. What would you say from the time you began in full-time ministry till now, what are some sustaining, I mean, you and I both know, I think might be in my 19th or 20th year now. I don't know, I'm in June. Yeah. And I know I started in <laughs> June of 2002. I don't know how many years that is now. So 19. 19, so 19 years. What are some values? And I say that because we know people, you know, they maybe start out strong or start, God's called me, or I'm going to do this. And maybe after a while, they're no longer doing that. Or what has been some sustaining values in your life that have allowed you um, longevity and faithfulness and fruitfulness? And your children still love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I started out in ministry, everything going my way. Um, the youth ministry that I had was probably one of the most explosive things I've ever seen in youth ministry, mm. honestly, that way. Mm. And I'm not bragging, but it was just an easy time for me. It seemed like wherever I went, it was gold. And when uh, God took me through the next season, it wasn't gold. It was wilderness. So what sustains you, and it might sound cliche, is the Word of God. Mm. It was those times when I had nothing, and I laid down, and I'd open up the Bible, and He would speak a promise to me. Mm. He would assure me. Because man never gives you enough promise. Mm. Ministries, high lows, pain, good, all of those things can never satisfy. That's why men get out of it, women get out of it. Mm. It's because they're seeking that satisfaction. And I do too. My, my flesh wants to be liked. Every pastor wants to be liked. So um, 
to realize that the only source that I have that will ever sustain me is the Word of God. Mm. And that's the truth. Mm. Every time He would show me, I'm not done with you yet. I still have this work. Hold on, hold on. And I'd want to quit. I said, well, I didn't know anything else. I didn't think at two or three points I had anything else. I thought it was over. And God would come at that moment and say, hmm. You know, that's one of the things that I have learned in any difficult situation is as believers, not just leaders, we're created to live with a promise that is beyond where we're living. And I think there's that pattern of scripturally, you get, you know, David gets the promise and Goliath then the season with Saul, Joseph promise adversity. And it is often I find he gives the promise to sustain you in the adversity yes. to tell you where you're going. But also because we know Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no revelation, where there is no picture of what's coming. I would have fainted if I had not known I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, that um, maybe we wouldn't be sustained without right. that promise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, David was 13 years waiting for that time frame. It seems like a lifetime because there's so much in the word mm-hmm. about it. And uh, Joseph by 30 is, is, is working with Pharaoh. And I was thinking, that's great, but why did I have to be Moses? Yeah. Why did it have to be? In other words, in those long years in the wilderness, it wasn't just 13. It wasn't just 20. It was longer. And you start to think, you compare. You say, everybody else seems to be. Or what's, what's the matter with me? Mm. And then I looked at the life of Moses. And you concentrate on, here is a man who at 40 wanted to save Israel. And mm. it was at 80 that when God called him to. But the, the time that God knew he'd be in the wilderness... He had to prepare him by living in the wilderness. Mm. So the things that I've gone through prepare me for the time now to lead. This is the time that he's calling me to lead Mm. many years later. Yeah. So the word, anything else? Uh, There is the people who never stop believing in you. Mm. uh, that don't love you. You know, when I went out to, I lived in Pittsburgh, I had a church, I was the associate, I was greatly loved by a larger church. They, the day that I left, they stood in line for three hours to say goodbye to me, mm. shook my hand. I was greatly loved. But when I went out to Phoenix and the church never happened, I found out who loved me for my ministry and who really loved me. Mm. So in my life, I can thankfully say, there have always been those who believed in me even when they didn't see anything mm. to justify that so-called in ministry aspect. Yeah. And that's, I've learned the same thing, yeah. you know. It's looking at somebody in the church that maybe doesn't even believe in themselves. So th- this stirred something in me that I think would be helpful to people. How do you deal with disappointment? Not just as a pastor and a church planner, yeah. but what's... How have you learned how to deal with disappointment? Not always the best. <laughs> I wouldn't give myself an A in that, that department. I think where I can give myself a good grade is that I'm still here. Mm-hmm. But the disappointments, uh, I tend to relate it to a circumstance or a person. And it's never really that. 
people just say that again you tend to relate to, relate it to a circumstance or a person mm. and I, I try to bring it on this level and if it's on that level then you can complain to God well why is this circumstance like this mm. or why is this person here in my church and what but when you when you just relate it to God being in control letting it happen so that my intimacy with him is greater no matter how much I want to be effective in ministry he wants me more. Mm. So it still goes back to all those times when I seemingly failed and had to go and weep before my God. Even one of the worst situations I went through, I remember in my office crying, and I cried, and I don't like to cry. You know, mm -hmm. you get all snotty, and mm -hmm. yeah, it's not fun. And I, I hear people say, I just needed a good cry, and I would be like, I don't think they're good. And I was crying, and I said, Lord, why do I keep crying? And he said, every tear is turning the heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Mm. And that meant something to me. So there, there was a, a healing of your own trauma in the middle of crying and in the middle of probably one of the most, the thing that wanted to destroy you, yes. that situation. Yes. Mm. But also, because I spent the first 10 years with, with a lot of success, mm. There's things that you harden about yourself. And there's things that you want to just have as expectations. And there's comforts that you think you deserve. That you harden yourself to those two other things so that you can have that. You surround yourself with the right people. Mm. And there was Jesus, as in the movie The Chosen, where he takes the disciples through Samaria. And they're saying, these people don't like us. We don't like them. Mm. And Jesus said... Precisely. You, you just said something really interesting there to me, and it was this, that you had a lot of success your first 10 years yeah. in ministry, and it hardened you to certain things. Yeah. And one of the things I've learned walking with the Lord is that sometimes when things are externally going well or you think like they should be going, we, we have a tendency to believe that every area of our life is doing well yeah. because the blessing of the Lord. That's right. And I have found in challenges and difficulty, it, 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 even the smallest moments of, for me, my world, being delayed on a flight and you snap at the, the, the gate attendant like I've done sometimes <laughs> because they say something to you. And w w what I'm saying is circumstances allow us to be introduced to what's really going on in our yes. hearts. And I have learned that, and I'm like you, I haven't always passed the test, but I've learned it's in those moments that you have an opportunity for an exchange. You can either choose to, why me? Why has this happened? Yes. Why am I in this challenge? You can choose to be a victim, or you can choose to go, oh, wow, look what is exp being exposed in me. Yes. That God has an opportunity to heal because of, and God might not even cause us, whatever it may be, but it's an opportunity to go, oh, I got an anger issue. Oh, I got this, I got some addictive personality. Oh, this is a generational yeah. thing that's coming yeah. through. And I think the, 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 the theme, even that God is developing in our time here in this first program is this, that serve your generation. Sometimes there's gonna be challenging things, but, the ability to 
be self-aware and allow God to deal with the issues of your heart, even when you're facing challenging things, even when you're uh, moving forward in the purposes of your destiny are absolutely necessary or else we cannot begin to move into the full inheritance of what God has for us. That's right. And and the more you allow him to soften those areas, the more power you have with the people you are seeking and will have to minister to. Yeah. And they know it. They know when you're just performing or you're just giving a word or you really care about their soul. And how God would often also, I'm a man who's always impatient in the natural. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, whether I've cured my, I've, my heart's been cured of driving a car and speaking to drivers when they needed to be told they <laughs> But I will say this there's been a couple times, like for example, you're in line in a grocery store and you need to get moving for what reason? I don't know. I just need to go, right? Yeah. Why am I so late? And the person in front gets their whole order rung up and then they say it'll be $52. And then they start looking in their purse, or or what? You thinking? Did you think it was free? You know, come on. What happened? Why would you be? Why would you wait till now? And my heart just starts to gripe. I'm not saying anything. And then the Lord will say, as He does to all of us. You know, He asks a question when He already knows the answer. Hmm. Why are you so upset? Why? Why did they? I died for that person. Do you hmm. think you could help them with an attitude like that? <laughs> and, but you I've have, been there. Yeah, but you have, to let, you have to be sensitive enough to let him say that to you. Hmm. And you're sensitive to that when you don't think you're everything. When you don't have the world by a tail, even in the spiritual world. Hmm. You have to be broken. Hmm. And the breaking isn't that one time in my life. It's yeah. a constant way of drawing into him and having more power. And I want more power. Yeah. So why don't you pray for people watching that we, we would embrace the process so we can truly serve our generation well. And I think that there's this deep, deep work that God has always desired, but particularly now in this time, that God is working within his people so he can be. And it came out of my um, mouth somewhere in a, in a question and answer a few weeks within last month and I said uh, a life of character is unacceptable but a life of power is unacceptable neither are acceptable and I believe that God wants to entrust this generation with the power full power and authority but also stewarding what's in front of us but also being very um, honest with what's really going on in their heart. Not just dismissing yes. the moments, like you just said, with the cashier. And some people might be listening, oh, that's just so small. Is it, it, It's small, but it is often an opportunity yeah. for deliverance, for wholeness in our hearts, so we can represent Jesus correctly. Yes, yes. And I can add real quick. Sure. When, when the Lord spoke in the Old Testament a few times, and he said, I've stopped speaking to you. Why? Because they weren't listening for those moments. So Mm. he will not continue to speak in that time. I don't want him to stop speaking to me. I want those moments. Amen. So why don't you pray for people? So Lord, I thank you that you called us to be salt and light. 
And yet, in that, you, you empower us, you give us, Lord, even the ability to And so, Lord, I pray that we are not ever so bound up in either ourselves or our circumstances that we don't allow you to fill those, those voids that cause us to be involved with other things. Fill that void in us so that what we share and how we say it is by your spirit and not by our flesh or by our knowledge or even by our giftings. That Corinthians 13 will become life, that we don't just speak as the tongues of men and angels and we don't just do these works with the wrong heart attitude, mm. that we are fully engaged in loving those that you put in our path and then bring it forth in them or bring life where there's been death in them. So I pray, Lord, strength and understanding in everyone who would struggle with these situations, being pruned, being uh, tested with what we already have in order to gain more. And I thank you that you do that because you're committed to us. You're committed for my welfare, my destiny, as you are everyone who is in this time. In Jesus' name. And uh, just something Pastor Ken just said there really resonated with me. And it's this theme that I believe that every believer just needs to live knowing that God is with you, God is for you, and God uh, has, has made provision for every difficulty, every challenge you're in. And I just declare that this is a season... Yeah of reformation yes. this is a season of breakthrough yes. this is a season where god is filling you with the spirit i just see somebody's right shoulders being healed yes. somebody's uh knee is being healed lower back be healed mm. i command mm. yes in the name of jesus healing power yes, god. and i declare that you will be a person of great substance but great power yeah. and i just see this door a door in the heart of God, opening to the people of God in this time to fully embrace everything He's created you to be. Yes. And I bless you to be that in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Well, it's been an honor for you guys to have, uh, to have you guys join us this week. This is part one with Pastor Ken. Thank you so much. We'll have part two next week. Don't miss it. I want to thank our partners partners who make these broadcasts a reality and if you you uh you have not uh, uh you're not a partner yet i want to pr want you to prayerfully consider partnering with us we're believing god for 300 partners you can find out all the information on our website thank you for joining us if you want to catch previous programs catch it on uh our youtube channel also right off our website previous archive programs are there but god bless you and we will see you next week